It's Sunday, May 10th, a little over a month into COVID. Unlike most Sundays, I wake up to a screeching alarm at 8 in the morning. After looking in the mirror until my eyes focus, I sloth into the kitchen with a jar of flour in one arm and my phone with the recipe in the other. It's Mother's Day, a day infamously known for breakfasts, brunches, and precious quality time. And while my family normally doesn't eat any meals together, we are all going to sit down at the same table in a couple of hours for the sake of eating some pancakes and showing our love for each other. You're listening to COVID-18, a podcast that explores high school seniors' experiences during the pandemic. Heading into May, most seniors were either finally settling into life at home or the complete opposite. Some had started to venture out of their houses, find jobs, or hang out with friends, even when they weren't supposed to. For Mother's Day, some families bent the rules in order to make the day special. Melanie Lemus, who talked in episode three about the passing of her close friend, made the day big, but not as big as normal. My family is like very, well, they're like serious about it, but like they still, my aunts and uncles still came over and we spent it at my grandma's house. So I was, that was probably like the most normal-ish holiday I guess we've had because Easter, we didn't do much anything either. So Mother's Day was like that. It still wasn't like um, as big, you know, because normally I'd have like all everyone from like my cousins from L.A. or like San Francisco come over. But this time it was just us. However, for others like Aaliyah Moreno, who talked last week about the form sent out for graduation, the virus didn't allow her to even spend Mother's Day with her mom. I didn't even get to see my mom because my mom works for the county in a government job. So right now she's still seeing people. So she didn't want to risk me getting infected or my grandmother. So I wasn't able to spend it with my mom. I spent it with my grandma. When Mother's Day rolled around for me, I knew I wanted to make it even more special than most. Over the weeks leading up to that Sunday, my mom had insisted I take a weekend off with my stepdad to get my mind off the consistent chaos at home. With my grandma getting increasingly forgetful from her Alzheimer's and my grandpa pushing the rules for our safety when they left the house, it had become stressful for both my mom and I. Even though I assured her I would be fine, my mom persisted and I decided to go for her wishes. However, On the drive home the following Monday, my mom called my stepdad and after a few minutes, began to cry about how depressed she was staying there. She didn't know it at the time, but this familiar moment broke my heart. I know how she feels because that was me for two years. 
I was just listening through the walls, hoping that something wouldn't happen that would just be disastrous. But I couldn't do anything because I'm a, I'm considered, you know, a child. And so I don't have authority. My mom was dealing with the isolation and helpless attitude like me, but on a much deeper level. And she was home all day, every day, by herself. And she had to call my grandpa out, which was almost always followed with my grandma's ignorant anger. We're stuck inside. There is no way out. I just have intense worry for my mom. I, I'm worrying about her. I worry about my mom. I offered to have my mom take over my therapy sessions and tried to give her the money I had received from the government due to the pandemic. She declined both, of course, but I still tried. Because family is important. But family is also a part of us and our mental health. And now, more than ever. Oh, I think just students in general um, aren't the only ones that are struggling with, you know, the pandemic and the shelter in place. I think, you know, parents, um, the whole family unit is under more stress as a result of the shelter in place. That is Ron Hoffert, a school psychologist for the MUHSD school district. When I spoke with him about the hardships of the family unit at home during this time, he described the domino effect for the whole family. So I think everybody's mental health is, is more vulnerable. Um, so not just, not just students. And so we, we know that when parents aren't their best, that it's going to kind of trickle down to the students as well. And so we're, we're really seeing a lot of that stress impact students um, as well. But he's talking about every family. So when I asked him about families who already had an uneasy home life, his advice was to keep a connection. So if a student doesn't have the supports that they need from home, it's really important for them to make sure that they're accessing those supports, you know, by, you know, emailing, contacting, you know, their um, their friends through social media. So they're getting that exposure. Um, they're, they have, you know, healthy coping strategies in place. Even though it's difficult now to kind of stay in that routine for, you know, school, you know, we start at eight, end at 2.30. I think it's really helpful for students to kind of try to maintain that schedule as much as possible. And, um, and, and that I, I feel really helps students kind of maintain kind of a sense of normalcy. So it's clear two things were very important for maintaining all sanity for high school seniors, routines and friends. But maintaining friends actually turned out to be harder than what we had all initially thought. Genesis Yarell, who hosted the special on the recent protests against police brutality, talked about the early realization she had come to notice in quarantine. There are people that I had not talked to at all since this start since it started. People that I considered friends, and I was like, well, if they can't 
text me at all during this time, then how does that reflect on our friendship, you know? I definitely did know. I struggled with coming to the acceptance that more than likely I would lose some friends unless I was the one to reach out. But then it had me thinking, what's the point if they don't ever reach out to me? You're kind of getting a glimpse of what it's going to be like when you go off because you're not seeing these people all the time, people that you thought were your friends. So then it's like, well, is this how it's going to be once I leave? Are we not going to talk at all? Is it going to be me having to initiate everything? Is it going to be like, you know, how different is it going to be? It seemed like the pandemic had put time at a standstill. But in moments like this, seniors were getting a glimpse into the future before they were ready for it. And those psychological effects Ron had mentioned, especially in establishing those connections and keeping up with social media, could be more devastating than imagined. Join me next Friday as COVID-18 continues to explore the effects of social media with both increasing fear of the virus and the influence diet culture plays on our seniors. Remember to listen to previous episodes for more information on the seniors introduced again in today's episode. This is a production of We Said Youth Media and Youth Leadership Institute. I'm your host, creator, and producer, Rachel Livenall.